The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 202. Who cares? With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of BleedingGreenNation.com. Uh, also, a special guest, Butters the Cat, a.k.a. Buttery Boo, a.k.a. Butterbutt, a.k.a. Uh, Butters Cat. Um, and I am Jimmy Kemsky of PhillyVoice.com. Brandon, is that one of the worst offensive performances that you've ever seen in an Eagles practice? today to me i saw you say that it was so i know you feel that way uh yeah <laughs> it was pretty bad there was a session and before we get into it all of it of course bgn radio brought to you by righteous felon craft jerky righteous felon craft jerky go to righteous felon.com use discount code bgn 15 15 percent off uh won't let you down unlike the eagles offense today which very disappointing to see where uh i think there was a session in there jimmy where it was like what five straight or six straight incompletions mm-hmm. like just you don't see that a lot in camp like you know it's it's training camp it's practice like there are throws to be made there that aren't like it's not like you're necessarily trying like five high difficulty throws in a row like for the offense to just be so out of sorts and not just you know with only the passing game but just like there are penalties and drops and other miscues it was just it was very bad false starts um, timing issues, drops, offensive linemen just getting I think toasted. Miles might have fumbled again. I, I, saw, I think like, that was after the play. play. I saw. Okay. I read your notes and I saw you had that in there, and I, I yeah. saw that too. But it looked like it was after the play because he was on well, the ground. Well, Singleton still yelled at him though. <laughs> well, that could be. I mean, they yeah. want him to hold on to the ball, you know, through the whistle and after the whistle. Um, so they don't want to see that, obviously. But uh, I, don't, right. I wouldn't chalk that one up as like a real fumble. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, just across the board, like, the defensive line completely dominated the offensive line. The linebackers are making plays on throws over the middle uh, and just making plays all over the field, really. Defensive backs completely owned uh, the wide receivers and, mm-hmm. and sort of the tight ends. Uh, but it was like the defense just completely wrecked the offense. And I didn't give the defense credit. Like, I thought they played really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... You know, like I wrote my notes, like they're not the 85 Bears and out there. And uh, early in camp, you and I sort of debated whether the offense should be expected to be behind uh, the defense early in camp. 
Um, I said they should be expected. You sort of disagreed. Mike Quick then, um, you know, sort of uh, uh, during one of the practices, I believe, came to you and said, no, you're wrong, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> they should be behind. But this is day nine now. Like we're mm-hmm. almost into week two of uh, since, uh, you know, camp began a couple Wednesdays ago. So it shouldn't look as bad as it did today. Uh, Jalen Hurts wasn't good. But um, like 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 you already mentioned, it was bad across the board from the receivers to the offensive line uh, to just the timing of the offense and um, sort of um, just everything was just disjointed and terrible. <laughs> like, what what do you think is completion? Like, it's your completion percentage in a training camp like setting should be like super high. What do you think it was? Like, was, was he under fifty percent today? I would I would say so. And yeah, like it should be like what, 80, 90, like like very very high. Yes. Um and it wasn't close to that. And I was sitting there on the not sitting, I was standing on the sideline Jimmy there and thinking and maybe um you know, well part of this is here like we're breaking down today's practice and we're going through the feelings of today. It's not just like, you know, wide scope, wide range everything. Like my honest feeling watching Jalen Hurts at practice today, given the context though of practices before is like I and I said it after I tweeted after practice and a lot of people got mad at me. But I said, "quote Can't say Jalen Hurts has done anything in camp to dissuade the Eagles from looking for a QB upgrade." End quote. And now you know, I mean, I I stand by that. Like now that doesn't mean things can't change when real games start and everything. But like to this point, I just don't think he has. And there was a part of me, Jimmy, watching practice that thought like. I feel like there's a non-zero chance that Jalen Hurts could get benched for Joe Flacco at some point in the season. Now, that's not to say I think that's likely to happen. I asked you after, during practice, like, what do you think the likelihood of that has happened since that question came into my mind? And you said 2%. And I would agree that it's low. But I think in, I came into training camp thinking that was like 0%. And now I feel like there is like this non-zero percentage. <laughs> uh, just be, and again, I don't think that's likely or it should happen. Again, just to be clear. But I think the the point of that scenario is like I could see potentially for seeing this offense get so bad for a stretch at one point during the season that like there is at least like kind of pressure or even a conversation about there needing to be a change uh, if things continue to look as bad, which they might not as they were today. Your point that he hasn't done anything, um, you know, to sort of stop the idea of of bringing in, uh, you know, a, a better quarterback, whether that be. Um, through trade before the season begins uh, or next off season, I think is valid. And just to give that, just to give, I'll add something to that. So, you know, we had uh, sort of talked about players that, you know, training camp practices sort of, um, um, they they favor where like, like a fast running back or like a, a, you know, like a a quick um, twitchy kind of like wide receiver they're going to look better uh, in a training camp setting than like, like a physical, you know, big kind of wide receiver or like a power back or like, uh, you know, sort of a speed rusher is going to stand out more in a training camp setting than like an interior defensive lineman might. Um, I think similarly, you know, a guy like we, the example I gave was Sam Bradford looked you know, really good in training camp at times because the setting favored what he was good at, which was just getting the ball out quickly and accurately course he couldn't do anything else and <laughs> like he couldn't stay healthy so he was kind of useless when the regular season came around and Jalen Hurts is going to make plays with his feet uh ultimately when when you know games actually matter and he can't really do that 
um, to, to the extent that we saw him do that when he played in regular season games last year. So uh, a big part of his game is sort of negated uh, in these training camp practices. So maybe it'll look better when, you know, the lights go on and, and he's able to sort of utilize his, his full, um, you know, arsenal of, of traits. But uh, so far, sort of the things that we had concerns about uh, in terms of his skill set, accuracy, mm-hmm. uh, getting the ball out quickly. Uh, he is not impressed in those areas so far. And like those things matter a lot. Like I, like he can be great at running and everything. And sure, he might look better than he is now. But I mean, if if the accuracy isn't there, if the ability to get the ball out, you know, I don't. Again, I don't need him to be like getting the ball out quicker than anyone in the NFL. But like he's just holding on to it forever. And you see, you saw that manifest to me if like today in a lot of sacks. Like he got sacked a lot, and I felt like, like there repeatedly. had repeatedly. To- and not, and not only that, like there, there were plays where, sorry to cut you off, but there, there were plays like where it was like a double whammy where like he would get sacked, but they would, mm-hmm. they're not just going to like blow the, the rep dead. Like they'll still mm-hmm. play it out. And then like he would sort of, you know, roll left or right or whatever. And then it would be either like a pass breakup or an interception or something like mm-hmm. that on the back end. So it would be a sack and then also a pass breakup. So, uh, yeah, sort of double whammies on that. But anyway, my, my apologies. Continue on. Yeah. He actually threw a pick to uh, Eric Wilson on one such of those plays uh but like the thing about okay the wide receivers aren't getting open like i heard i heard that i've heard that excuse to be used but like when is the last time that you really saw jalen hurts throw a receiver open like we're not seeing that or at least i'm not seeing that i think he did that maybe once a day with uh travis fulgham which is his best throw of the practice by far is that on the corner route that you're talking yeah uh, he was like he was like, Fulgham, I think, was kind of coming out of his break, and the ball was right on him as he was breaking yeah. out, and that was, you know, a nice anticipation throw. But, like, you know, outside of that, like, it just feels like he's not throwing it unless he's seeing it. And I just don't think you can win like that. Like, I don't think the top quarterbacks in the league are doing that. I think you have to throw with anticipation. And I don't, I'm not really seeing that from Hertz. I'm not seeing the accuracy. I don't think he's had, like, I don't think he's been bad every day in training camp. I'm not saying that, but I, I just don't think he's been good enough. And I think that really, raises a lot of concerns about the offense as a whole. I know the offensive struggles today weren't all his fault, but that's what I'm focused on most is like him being a big problem. And he is certainly not a, a, uh, a tide that uh, raises all boats. He's in an unfair situation too, as we mentioned previously, where like he doesn't, he's not going to have a chance to grow for, you know, uh, uh, over the course of you know several years before like Josh Allen, for example, with Buffalo, he had, three bad seasons before he finally broke out last year and, and, and played really well. Jalen Hurts is not going to be afforded that same opportunity. So I wonder if, you know, any of that factors into the way he's playing uh, in, in these training camp practices, knowing that he sort of has to be very, very good in order to keep this job in 2022 and beyond. Uh, I can't speak to that at all, but um, he's in a bad situation in that regard and, um, you know, he was drafted to a team that didn't, at the time anyway, <laughs> most people didn't think they needed a quarterback. Um, and, uh, you know, most people disagreed uh, with the pick. A lot of people, you know, vociferously disagreed with the pick. Um, most. And it's just, uh, it's just not like he was probably better served uh, going to a team that, you know, maybe had a veteran quarterback that had like a few years left 
could take some time to develop behind the scenes. And then when the time came, um, he'd be, you know, he turned 23 today. Like today was his birthday. So he's still Happy really, birthday, Jalen. <laughs> he's, he's still a very young player. So, uh, you know, maybe uh, our expectations are uh, maybe a little higher or, or maybe we're expecting uh, more of him than should be expected in this training camp. But the reality is he's the number one quarterback of the team and he's the most visible player uh, on this team right now. Like he's the player that's going to be scrutinized the have like the heaviest uh, during, during this training camp and, and during these preseason games coming up. Um, and, you know, unfair as that may be, uh, that's just what the reality is. And, and like, like we said, he, you know, really hasn't played that well so far. I feel like it is a stone, cold lock to me that Jalen Hurts is going to play really well uh oh, in the preseason game Sunday yeah. <laughs> night well Sunday night too the Eagles practicing at the lake oh, tomorrow right. mm-hmm. or and or the preseason game like it's such a lock that that's going to happen because uh, and good, you know what good for him if he does like I, I sure he's I, I like Jalen Hurts from a uh, personal perspective like I mean like I like his I like the way he uh approaches practice and I like uh, you know, sort of the the way he carries himself, like that's all great. And and if he does have success, then then uh, I wish him nothing but the best. But uh, <laughs> again, so far the results just aren't there yet. Yeah, and this this is what we do. We're talking about what we see in training camp. It's not like well, we it's too early to to rest to judgment. I mean, like, is it too early in week five? Like, should we just wait to the end of the season to like give our analysis on a player? Like, we're giving you the updates daily. You know, like we're breaking down what we see. I'm not saying Jalen, the book has been written on Jalen Hurts' career, but I think the early signs of what we have seen so far are just not very encouraging at all, at least to me. Uh, but we can get into the defense a little bit, Jimmy. I think, obviously, they looked really good and mm-hmm. kind of makes me wonder, what do you think like the ceiling is for this defense? I think uh, I was looking at like Shields, Shilkapati's, uh, the athletic uh, defense rankings that he mm-hmm. ranked all like where the defenses he thinks they project he also did have the offense and i think the eagles are like 29th in his offensive rankings okay um the defense i think he had i forget around like 16 or 15 or so and i kind of i think that's reasonable i yeah. think the eagles def- i think this defense based on what we've seen has like top 15 potential maybe even like back end of the top 10 at, at the very highest how do you feel about that? Well, Josh Sweat has been a menace so far in this training camp. A menace. Like I, I think he's been very, very – I think he came out today during the first uh, few reps of the 11-on-11 session, and he wrecked uh, Andre Diller around the edge. Um, that's been a common theme <laughs> over this training camp. And then uh, he, he sort of looped inside on a stunt and uh, got to the quarterback. Um, so it was like two, two of the first four snaps, I believe it was, during the first mm-hmm. 11 on 11 session, he got sacks and that like, he's been just uh, getting pressure all throughout camp. So is Derek Barnett, by the way, like Barnett's sort of been sort of the under discussed player in this camp so far. I think he's been really good. I think Fletcher Cox, when he like every now and again, Fletcher Cox will just kind of remind everyone like, Hey, I'm awesome. Still <laughs> like I, I can yeah. still play and uh, he'll, he'll come up with either a big player or he'll just smoke somebody in like one-on-ones when he feels like it. Um, and then of course, Javon Hargrave is playing for the first time. Uh, he, like he is his first full camp with this team, whereas he was injured uh, for the entire camp last year. I think he's looked pretty good. And, you know, you have guys like Ryan Kerrigan and then Milton Williams, uh, who, you know, he's looked like he's had like a really good first step uh, in, in a lot of these practices. So you got a lot of upside. First of all, you have a lot of proven players. And then, of course, Brandon Graham. You have a lot of proven players along that defensive line. And then you also have a lot of upside from guys maybe on the rise like Sweat. Uh, We've been talking about Barnett as the breakout candidate for, like, 
like like we used to with Zach Ertz for a while before uh, he finally broke out. But he's he's a potential guy too, Milton Williams. So like you have established players plus guys with with some legitimate upside. So I think it all starts there. And then I think their linebackers are going to be far better than they were last year. I mean, that's a low bar with uh, Nate Gary uh, playing as badly as he did. And then the secondary is going to be improved, in my opinion, because Steven Nelson's going to be better than Avante Maddox was last year. And uh, and I think the addition, Anthony Harris looks pretty good too, by the way. Like he had a couple of uh, pass breakups as well uh, today. So I think just the the defense as a whole, like it's not just that the offense was horrible and like that's the end of what we should read into. Like the defense was also legitimately good today. And I'm with you. Like, I, I think they're uh, at least like top half of the league right now. Of course, probably uh, on, on the cusp of that. But uh, they, they do have some top 10 potential in them, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, Nelson, I thought, had a pretty good practice today. He, he won against Travis Fulgham a couple times, a one-on-one, then did a good job, I think, in team as well. Um, I think he's been as advertised, not a flawless player, but like, you know, pretty good uh, quality starting quarterback uh, as a number two guy, not your best corner on your team. Uh, so, and then the Harris play that you mentioned, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of good stuff uh, out of the defense. I think Jonathan Gannon, to his credit, as far as we can tell, is uh, getting the most out of everyone too, which obviously the Eagles were very excited to get him. There's a lot of competition for Jonathan Gannon's, Gannon's services when he was out on the market or earlier this offseason. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's legitimate reason to be encouraged about the defense. I don't think that excuses the offense at all. Like, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, it's like, oh, you just have to give the defense credit. What could they possibly do? Uh, or, yeah, what could the offense possibly do? I don't think it's quite like that. Uh, but yeah. One other thing I'll, I'll note really quickly on the defense too is they've shown like a lot of different looks and, mm-hmm. What we sort of haven't discussed in that area is like, I, and this is just sort of a, a a theory, but my guess is like if you introduce a defense when like it's a new scheme and you're showing like a lot of different looks, the the thinking could be like you know guys are like out of position because they just don't know what they're doing and they don't know like um, you know what their assignments are from you know one look to the next to the next. But uh, I think for the most part, like that hasn't slowed them down at all. We've seen a lot of like three, four looks. We've seen, um, you know, like a lot of like similar looks that we saw from Jim Schwartz's defense last year, but it's kind of been all over the map. And um, for the most part, like I haven't seen, like, can you recall like any real like blown coverages? Like there's been Not like, really. one, one here, like a few here and there, but you know, we've seen plenty of those like in past training camps and uh, with, with like a defensive scheme that's been in place for like three, four, five years. Uh, but I haven't seen much of that at all. So I think uh, the defense has done a good job sort of being where they're supposed to be. And I think the credit for that goes to Gannon. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I can't really recall any off the top of my head. So, you know, I'm sure there's been a couple maybe here and there, like you said, but nothing too obvious. Um, Jimmy, let's take a break here. But before we go to break, Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Righteous Felon Craft Jerky at RighteousFelon.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off. And you can call Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, which I'm going to call her at some point. I don't know when, but I'm going to call her on the podcast at some point. It's going to be a wild card moment. But how would I do that, Jimmy? 856-906-9295. If you are looking to buy or sell your home, she's excellent. Back after this. <laughs> hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on surprise. 
the future of work. Questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on BGN Radio 202. Who cares? Jimmy, let's get into some more of the observations from today. Although, a quick note, uh, you you had mentioned the Eagles linebackers earlier, and Alex Singleton was back at practice Mm, for the first time, officially activated off the COVID list. He actually almost came up with a pick on uh, his first day back, so uh, good for him. It was actually him and Eric Wilson as the first team linebackers today. Obviously, we've seen a lot of different rotations at linebacker, but just kind of wanted to quickly throw that in there before we potentially get off the defense for good. Uh, What is your next observation? Well, on the injury front, uh, we should add that John Hightower also is now week to week with a groin injury, so it's not great for him. I think he was sort of a bubble player. Started off camp a little slow. Uh, was sort of the uh, subject of some, uh, you know, verbal corrections, we'll call it, from the offensive mm-hmm. staff, uh, but started to, ha- you know, put together a, a couple decent days, and uh, now he's hurt. So not a good development for, for John Hightower. And then there's some additional guys that were added. I don't think it's really worth uh, getting into the guys that are day-to-day no. or whatever. So um, anyway, I guess my first observation would be that they started cross-training some guys at along the yeah. offensive line. And maybe that contributed to some of their struggles today. But uh, Jack Driscoll was the starting right guard today. He filled in, I guess, uh, Matt Pryor had been there to fill in for Brandon Brooks. Uh, But Driscoll was a guy that they drafted um, out of, I mean, he played for Boston College and, uh, or excuse me, UMass and uh, Auburn. And um, he played left guard, I believe, at UMass. And he played right tackle at Auburn. So he has that guard tackle versatility. They probably would have cross-trained him. Uh, if not for the COVID shortened off season last year. So he focused mainly on offensive tackle today was the first time he, I believe that he's practiced at all uh, yeah. either last year or this year at guard, especially in 11 on 11 sessions. So that was a new development. And then Herbie uh, was taken off the first team offensive line. I don't think that was any sort of punishment. I think they just wanted to get him some reps at center. So he was the center. He was the, uh, he was the center for the second team today and Sua Opeta filled in for him at left guard. Of course, uh, Herbie was filling in for Isaac Samuel, who is still week to week with uh, a hamstring injury. So uh, we'll see if uh, Samuel can be ready for the start of the regular season. So that was just sort of like uh, one, you know, housekeeping uh, depth chart sort of observation to, to that, that I thought was noteworthy today. It's an interesting tweak, especially like so late into camp like this. Like we haven't seen any of this before, you know, like some of these, rotations we've seen were apparent earlier on you know like Kayvon Wallace and Marcus Epps rotating and things like that um, but this one's like is new it's a new one they broke out in day 90 camp so definitely interesting and I agree with you I don't think it's like a punishment for Herbie at all I think they just wanted to get him some center reps and obviously you're not going to 
take Jason Kelsey right, off necessarily. Right. So uh, that's where they got it. Uh, my next thing, and it's really not anything that we haven't talked about before, Jimmy, but Jordan Mailata continues to look really good. Uh, he had a good rep against Josh Sweat and one-on-one that actually earned him a fist bump from Jeff Statlin. So, uh, oh, I, I thought, didn't see that. Uh, yeah. So Mailata did like a really nice job of keeping Josh Sweat uh, at bay with his positioning, but also his very long arms, which he also used to drive uh, Josh Sweat into the ground a little bit there. So that's just a very, you know, good win for him. I also, Jimmy, had heard Jeff Statlin at one point praise Jordan Mailata. The word used, I believe, was like unbelievable. Mm. And they're doing an offensive line drill. So effusive praise for him. That's uh, uncommon for Stoutland to to do that on the field. Like he he's very uh he praises his offensive linemen like all of them across the board uh in interview sessions, but you don't see him often do that on the field. Yeah. I don't think it was sarcastic. Yeah, so that's meaningful. Yeah, so I I, I think he just genuinely, you know, does like what he's seen because my lad has been very good. Mm-hmm. I can't say that was the same case from what may have been said about Dillard. Uh but you know. Uh, we've, we've beaten that horse to death uh, on that note though. I, I did see Derek Barnett, like drive Andre Dillard back into Jalen Hurts at one point. Uh, and Derek Barnett also had a sack. So I continue to believe he has had a good camp and kind of underrated just because of how much attention rightfully so that Josh Sweat has been getting, but DB also looking pretty good. And I think that's all I had to me in terms of like newer stuff. The one thing I'll, I'll add, uh, is offensively another sort of, um, uh, disappointing thing to see today is like, the timing between Hertz and uh, Jalen Rager just isn't there. Like there was one back shoulder throw uh, near the right sideline that um, I'd, I'd have to, like if I had the ability to go back and watch it again, I would do that. But it it looked like Rager kind of wasn't ready for it. Like he turned to look for it a little late and Darius Slay was able to easily uh, bat that down. I don't know if the throw is really all that accurate either. Um, mm. but Slay was able to easily, uh, you know, get the PBU on that. And then later, um, on the opposite side of the field, but again, the right sideline, uh, go, the Eagles going the other way, <laughs> like Jim Rager wasn't even looking at all for a pass that came his way and it just fell incomplete. So like, again, we talk about like things that you sort of expect to happen in days one, two, three of camp. You know, they're happening day nine and, you know, Rager missed some time in camp, obviously with the, uh, lower body tightness. I think it was the first four practices came back, didn't look great, had a big day or like an encouraging day. Anyway, was that the last practice two days ago? Yes. Is that what Thursday. That was? Okay. And then, uh, I think today, uh, was sort of a step back, uh, because they just didn't look in sync, uh, really in any way. And those two connected on, on some passes, uh, you know, late in the season, um, when when Jalen Hurts became the starter starting quarterback, so there there you know there is some history there, but uh, they, those two guys just really haven't been on the same page in, in eleven on elevens. Uh, even on one on ones, I saw some of those last week where Rager and Hurts like the timing wasn't right. Mm-hmm. So that seems to be like more than just like a one off kind of thing. It might actually be some kind of issue that needs to be ironed out, and maybe again they can get that ironed out with quite a few practices to go before the regular season but yeah that's something to flag for now also just the fact jimmy that like i was hoping for jalen rager's sake that he would take that practice on thursday and kind of use it to springboard and start stacking the days as we like to talk about mm, yeah. but it was just invisible today basically to me so not great speaking of stacking the days by the way like that was sort of the uh the explanation that i was given on uh travis fulgham uh like so after he came over last year camp last year and then, uh, like, he played well enough to sort of earn a 
spot on the practice squad. So he was on, he was practicing with the team all throughout those first, you know, three weeks of the season before they, you know, activated him. Like they, the, the way that like the front office put it was that he was stacking days and he earned that opportunity to start. And you can, can you see butters in the background, by the way? I can't, Jimmy, because I have your camera off oh. right now because of the uh, my Wi-Fi connection <laughs> okay. wanted me to uh, turn it off. But I turned it back on, so I can't see Butters. Anyway, anyway the, the, the the phrase was he was stacking days. He hasn't had a really good camp either. Like, we've been sort of focusing on Jim no. Rager, and, like, I, I've been sort of disappointed with what I've seen from, from Travis Fulgham. Like, he's mm-hmm. you know, he's been okay, but he's had opportunities to, to make, you know, good plays, and he's just kind of come up empty on those. Like, he had a play down the sideline yep. today where – uh, it was actually pretty good coverage initially by Steven Nelson. And then he separated uh, at the last minute as the ball was coming down. Borderline offensive pass interference. But I actually like to see that because they don't often call that kind of stuff. So if, you, if you're big and, you're, and you have that ability to be physical, use it. And he got himself free. And he didn't finish. Like it was a, it was a mm-hmm. ball that I thought he could have had. Maybe should have had. But didn't, he didn't get it. So uh, we've seen sort of a lot of those kinds of plays from him so far in camp where you go, oh, that was, oh, didn't make the play, <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I've been uh, sort of discouraged by uh, his play and Rager's play through the first you know, week and a half or so. Fulgham also had a really bad drop in one-on-ones today where he actually ran a nice like curl route to get open mm-hmm. against Nelson. And the, the ball was in on him right on the hands and just, didn't catch it. Like just mm-hmm. went right through his hands, dropped it. And then I, yeah, I wouldn't call that play you described like a drop, but like it's pretty disappointing. It's like a play he could have made, should have made. Um, it wouldn't have been an easy play. It would have been a tough play, but like make some of those, you know, like make some tough plays. Uh, it's not it's like he's a he play that a starter makes in camp. Yeah. And it's a play we know he can make because he made some nice plays last year. So it's not like he, he just doesn't have it. Like, you know, he's just not doing it. So, uh, on this note, Jimmy, I kind of wanted to loop in a question here from the Bleeding Green Nation uh, review and rating section on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review, and we will read it, especially if there's a question. We have to. We're legally obligated to answer a question that you have. This comes from Trubisky is bad, so we agree. Title is Howdy. Uh, hey, y'all. Just wanted to ask if y'all thought Quez Watkins has possibly earned a starting position over Jalen Rager or Travis Fulgham. Parentheses, we all know Devontae Smith is wide receiver one. It's funny that he has a Trubisky as bad as his handle, presumably if if he's an Eagles fan, <laughs> you know. But anyway, uh, eh, like he's had, he had, a, he's actually kind of cooled off a little bit, but he had a nice little stretch there. Um, he missed the first few practices of, of camp as well, and then when he got back, like immediately, he was making plays. Uh, we haven't seen a lot from him over the last few practices. Um, I don't think so. So I think. Very clearly, the starting wide receivers are going to be Devontae Smith. Uh, as you mentioned, Trubisky is bad. Uh, Jalen Rager is still going to get the opportunity to start no matter what happens the rest of camp, in my opinion. And then that third spot is going to be between Travis Fulgham and Greg Ward. And uh, I would sort of give Fulgham the leg up there early, even though we just said he hasn't had a great camp. Uh, but, you know, based on the reps that they've gotten, uh, Fulg- they, they have really given Fulgham a ton of first team reps. So I think he's sort of the leader there. Uh, I think there is an opportunity for Quez Watkins to have some kind of role initially. Like we've talked about John Hightower getting an early role uh, early in season last year after he had a great camp. And I think that could be something that Quez Watkins earns this year. I mean, we're talking like 10 
to 15 snaps maybe early in the season and then go from there. Like if you can make plays and, and, the, and maybe design, you know, maybe a play or two for him either down the field or like on a quick hitter where you allow them, allow him to get yards after the catch, uh, that kind of role for him. But I don't think that he's going to be given the opportunity uh, to start uh, early in the season, barring, you know, a couple injuries. I agree with that. But I do think, kind of along the lines of what you said, there is a path for Quez to look really good in the preseason. And it's kind of like, well, we have to play this guy. Like, cause he's just mm-hmm. like looking really, really good. Cause he has looked really good in certain instances. Even today, I saw him win a one on one against everyone's favorite cornerback now, Zach McPherson, where McPherson actually got quite a bit of a fistful of his jersey at multiple points in the route. And he made the catch anyway. And I've actually seen that happen a couple times with Quez where like he's been interfered with. Like there's been a penalty. I think Jaquette had a penalty on him too. And like he made the play anyway. So uh Quez Watkins, I think, has done some really nice things. He's fast. The route running, I think that's what I've been so impressed with him in this camp. I think he's really like yes. improved in that regard. Like he runs some really sharp routes and can get open. He and can separate, not just due to speed, but because of his crisp route running ability. Um so I am not ruling out the chance that he just blows like everyone away in preseason, especially because if he's running with some of these backup units, like, you know, these second, third stringers, and if he's like really looking great against him, well, then all of a sudden maybe he gets some first team reps and then we'll see how he goes from there. Um, but yeah, as of today, I'm, I don't think, you know, he's going to be a starter. I think it's going to be pretty cut and dry. Like you said, Fulgham and Rager and Devante are probably your top three or Greg Ward, whatever those, any, in any case, those are probably your top four. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Watkins has potential to move up. Uh, but Jimmy, one thing on Quez real quick before we get off. Of okay. him. Um, he talked after practice one day and was asked like, what did he work on during the off season? And he said route running. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, every receiver should work on the route running every off season. But what specifically like, did you work on? And I was curious if you would actually have like a, um, uh, like, a sort of a specific answer to that. And he said that he was working on changing his speed uh, in his routes where like last year he was always like just constantly running at 100% speed, which, you know, isn't conducive to, you know, a lot of routes that you got to run. So he's sort of working on changing his speeds and being deceptive, uh, you know, especially against man coverage. And um, I think he's, he's looked a lot better uh, as a route, as you mentioned, like on one-on-ones, you can see it clearly um, because it's just him and a quarter on the field. Uh, so you, you've, it's, you've gotten a better idea of, of, of sort of what that means and changing speeds and that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he's kind of grown uh, as a receiver from year one to year two. Obviously, he's got a ways to go, but uh, it's good to see that progress from from a young player like that. Jimmy, it's time for our MVP, LVP, okay. and play of the day. Play of the day is going to be rough. <laughs> well, maybe not. There are enough defensive plays, I guess. Where do you want to start? Let's, I'll go play of the day. I guess my play of the day would go to Eric Wilson hmm. uh, as the aforementioned uh, interception. It was actually a one-handed catch on that play oh. uh, near the sideline. He reached up with his left hand and uh, brought that in on um, on, a, on a pass that Jalen Hurts really shouldn't have thrown. He should have just thrown it away. There was nothing there, and he threw it right to Eric Wilson. But he, Eric Wilson did a good job being in the right spot. And then also did a good job finishing when he had the opportunity to make the play. So obviously play of the day is going to go to somebody on the defense today, I would imagine. Uh, so yeah, I'll take Eric Wilson. Although if you asked some Eagles teammates and coaching staff players who are celebrating after Jason Huntley caught a, a very short pass yeah. <laughs> to get a first down, which is the final play of practice. And apparently, you know, there were stakes on that 
Uh, they would tell you maybe Jason Huntley's short catch was the play of the day, but that will not be my play of the day. Although I think Huntley, again, continues to look good, and I'd keep an eye on that. Uh, really tough for me, Jimmy. I'm looking back through my notes here, and I just don't see anything that like clearly stands out. I mean, you have to give it to the defense, just for, like the theme of today's practice. Yes. So you would be malpractice to give it to the offense. I don't even think I could name anything anyway. Um, I'm, I'm tempted just to give it to Anthony Harris there. He had a nice diving uh, pass breakup on that Hurts throw to Goddard. Um, we haven't really talked about Anthony Harris a lot, so why don't I just give him some love here? Now, what did you have again? I have to write this down. I had uh, Eric Wilson's interception. Okay. Okay. And so, Anthony Harris is going to be my player of the day, my my MVP. Okay. Uh, oh, he, okay. he not only had the diving uh, pass breakup in front of Dallas Goddard, but he also had another pass breakup in front of Jordan Howard. And uh, I like his energy. Like it's uh, and he's and as we mentioned, like he's bigger than some of the some of the safeties that that we've been used to seeing starting for this defense over the last few years. Uh, I think he's a legit player, and I think he's a nice value. Uh, for the Eagles for what was he five million five or six million whatever it was it's it's a bargain uh for for a player that is I think clearly the best safety on the, he's better than Rodney McLeod like I think he's clearly the best safety on the team uh I'm gonna go with Josh Sweat as my MVP okay uh I think he's just he's really poised to have a big year I think if if this is any indication of what we're seeing in training camp like I think he is gonna have a big year he had those two sacks that we talked about also uh Jordan Mailata false started against him at one point, and I couldn't help but wonder if that was like, you know, kind of having to worry about getting the timing right and trying not to get beat by Josh Sweat. So uh, I'm going to give Josh Sweat my MVP. I think it's his second so far of camp, so good on Josh Sweat. I think he is really going to like it when he hears this podcast later. Um, Jimmy, <laughs> who is your LVP? My LVP is uh, Jalen Hurts uh, for yeah. the reasons noted. Uh, we won't, I won't keep hammering him, but uh, for the reasons noted, J- Jalen Hurts today. Poor Jalen Hurts. He's the leader of the offense, and he's the leader of the offense, and it's the you know, like I said, like I I actually tried to think about worse offensive practices since I've been covering the team, and I couldn't pinpoint any specific one. Like I know we've seen a bunch of bad practices from like Nick Foles, who just was not a good practice quarterback for whatever reason. No. so I'm sure there were some pretty bad practices whenever he was like getting first team reps uh, back in the day, especially like in 2018 when uh, Carson Wentz was still recovering from the ACL LCL. Um, but I couldn't pinpoint like one specific practice where I left practice going, man, that was just brutally bad. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, it, it's the offense is horrible and he's the leader of the offense and it's Jalen Hurts for me. That's what it came down to me too. Like I know the offense is out of sync and you can, there's a lot of blame to share, but you know, it's the quarterback. Like he, you're paying that guy the big bucks, not Jalen Hurts specifically, but you know, like Josh Allen getting a new big contract because you want the offense to be good and it starts with him. So, uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts LVP for me as well, Jimmy. And he has not been MVP yet on any given day for us. This is his only mention so far in our MVP LVP section and he has two LVP points. So, Kind of just some, some more context there. Like even when he's been at his best, I think in camp, he hasn't, I don't think he has had like a, a blow you away right. kind of big MVP kind of day. Agreed. And you know, you, you can maybe even like give a, a nod on the uh, LVT on the LVP to like Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen mm-hmm. because like, you know, we, we talked about how crisp and, you know, t- organized rather the defense looks and the offense looks sort of the opposite. All right, Jimmy, any final thoughts? I asked you this time. Uh, no, 
I think I'm good. Just uh, excited for the uh, open practice at Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday night. It's a seven o'clock start, I think. Um, those are always fun. I like I like seeing the uh, the fans there, and um, uh, yeah, those are sort of like the hardcore fans. So uh, uh, those those are the guys, and I like seeing like their observations <laughs> after practice too, which is uh, which is kind of fun. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I'm just looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to the first preseason game because uh, it'll be the first. I mean. Who cares that it's, they missed the preseason last year? But um, I kind of like the preseason games. Preseason games are, are, are kind of fun to watch in that you get to see a lot of different players. And from our perspective, like these are all the players that we've been watching in, in training camp uh, day in and day out. But uh, it'll be fun to see them go up against. We'll get a better idea if like the defense is actually really playing well or if it's just because <laughs> the Eagles offense is so bad. So it'll be interesting to see them against uh, a Steelers Offense that A has already played a preseason game and B does have some legitimate talent. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see. We have a we have one more practice, uh, two more practice. So training camp practice at the link on Sunday night, and then they have off for a walkthrough on Monday, and then they return on Tuesday, and then off again on Wednesday before the game on Thursday. So that's the little uh, look ahead to the schedule ahead, Jimmy. My final thought is: How about those first place Phillies, Jimmy? <laughs> Uh, they're back in first. Just wanted to show a little love to our good friends over at the good fight. Shout out to, you know, BGN zone and TGP zone, John Stolness. Uh, so check out those guys. If you're liking the fills and you're getting excited about them again, I was watching the fills on the rooftop, Jimmy, last night, a little TV setup. It was great. The, the um, rooftop of where you live or yep. like a bar. Yep. Okay. One of those two things. Yep. All right. Um, so <laughs> up next, uh, just wanted to say that. Tickets are still available for the Eagles uh, open practice. I'm not getting paid to say this, but I wanted to highlight this because they're $10 and all proceeds go to Eagles, the Eagles Autism Foundation. Obviously a good cause. So, uh, you know, consider going if you're listening to this and practice hasn't started yet and parking is free. So, you know, that's a nice bonus too. So, all right. That'll be practice on Sunday. I'm guessing, Jimmy, we might, we'll figure out our recording schedule, but, uh, we'll see when the episode is up. Sunday's practice recap episode is up. And then, yeah, then we'll have after tomorrow, we'll have one more practice until the preseason game. And then we go from there. So for Brandon Lee Gowton, me, follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. For Jimmy Kemsky, a Philly voice, and, follow him on Twitter. And what? And who else? And Butters. Yes, there we Who go. is not on Twitter, as far as I know. Um, but you can follow at Jimmy Kemsky anyway oh, for, to see maybe any him? Butters updates. I, I did hear Butters. Butters, what did you think of the podcast? <laughs> Don't snip what the is, microphone. What, there we what go. What did say? <laughs> he said around. Okay. Okay. That's a good insight. Yeah. Um, this has been BGN Radio. Uh, com for my practice notes. Uh, Jimmy Kemsky's Phillies. Phillies? Jimmy Philly, Kemsky's. Philly voice. Practice notes are really worse. My, my brain is just, I mean, it's not in a good place anyway. I'm not good at talking, which kind of makes you wonder why I have a podcast, but especially just really bad. It's a Saturday afternoon. I'm just done. So we're going to end it right here. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. B-G-N. <laughs>